This is the Braithor Point. Is in us and above us, blood and space, micro and macro. The pandemic was fake, but bioweapons are real. But Redford's Condor remake and Pine's new picture is big pharma and plagues. The deep state produces nothing and takes everything. In the dark economy, baby killing is big business. Planned Parenthood makes millions, and the FDA buys fresh fetuses. Anti-abortionists are attacked. Morals are maligned. Just judges jeered. Teens are trannied so they can be raped. When they're raped, they're impregnated to make more babies, to abort and sell. Those not aborted are pimped. Less morals promotes prostitutes and more addicts and more blood money. In the coming revolution, there'll be Pauls and Sicarias. Which are you? I'm a retired SOCOM soldier, former DIA intelligence collector, and ex-DEA special agent, targeted by the deep state, turned whistleblower. Now your intelligence officer, repurposed as chaplain, leader, teacher, and truth teller. New mission, restore our fallen republic. Objective, defeat the deep state. Means, expose fake news. Tools, truth, discernment, and free will. Attention, deep state Dems, rhinos, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and assorted traitors and enemies, foreign and domestic. Your masks won't silence us. Your shutdowns won't stop us. Your riots don't scare us. You're not as organized as the British. You're not as disciplined as the Nazis. You're not as fierce as the Imperial Japanese. And you're not as brutal as ISIS. We beat them all. You're next. Welcome. I'm Jeff Prather, and this is the Prather Point. Welcome, everybody. This is uh, Jeff Prather on the Prather Point, and welcome. Glad to have you with me. If you haven't yet, please go to jeffreyprather.com, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-P-R-A-T-H-E-R.com. Subscribe there for my free newsletter. Uh, You can also go into my shop there to get your Faraday bags, bag up, go on uh, airplane mode when you don't want to be geolocated and tracked and fenced by the deep state, the NSA, and the FBI. Uh, Those are in jeffreyprather.com slash uh, shop. As I said, I was watching Chris Pratt in the Terminalist the other day. He's like, uh, bag up and go into airplane mode. Just what I'm saying. You can also get your satellite phones at PraetherDeal.com. They are harder to monitor. Uh, And when comms go out, I've I've got mine. I've got my number here. I've got the numbers I'm trying to call. Uh, Need to call uh, right there. You want to make a phone tree as well. And of course, you can go to PraetherPrepSupply.com to get your emergency food supply because they are waging siege warfare uh, on us uh, very definitely. Um, I am hoping to get uh, a special guest on here uh, today, but uh, we will uh, see. Um, So uh, lots going on, and um, I don't know if I can do this um, while I'm talking. Let's see if I can pull this off. I don't know. I'm not that uh, uh, capable. Oh, well. Um, So first is, uh, last week, uh, the iconic half of big and rich country duo, John Rich, unabashedly conservative and weary of woke record tables and group station owners, decided to bypass the traditional industry machinery 
and release his latest song, Progress, on Friday via two fledgling free speech social media platforms, Truth Social, owned by former President Donald Trump, uh, and the Rumble Video Committee. Of course, right now I'm on um, Yankee Tango on my alternate uh, Yankee Tango channel because I've been a bad sheep on my main channel. But I'm also on CloudHub, uh, Rockfin, and, of course, Rumble. And you can watch the show live there because I'll be leaving Yankee Tango uh, shortly. Uh, but uh, this is crucial. Uh, within hours, he soared up to the Apple iTunes song chart to number one in the world. And so here he was with no record label, no publisher, no marketing deal, uh, just a song that speaks to a lot of people. And Truth and Rumble pushed it out there. And of course, this song was about uh, progress. So this shows that they are losing the information influence operations uh, war. They do not control because, of course, the uh, liberal media, uh, the only thing more woke and left in uh, America uh, is uh, the media industry, the, the movies. And just like with the terminal list. Uh, and the contractor with Chris Pine, uh, where they are praying um, before meals, uh, you're getting a very authentic look at Americana again in Yellowstone, uh, being uh, modern cowboys and Indians uh, with real uh, tribal folks in there, and Chosen being the most successful crowdfunded show ever, uh, shows that they have lost the culture war of the information influence operation of World War IV, uh, except for the U.S. government, which has uh, ridiculous trannies and dresses, and they're absurd, and uh, they can't function, and they will fall apart. But this is another example of winning uh, that war. I'll see if I can uh, pull this off here. Uh, I don't know if I can. I'm trying to get a special uh, guest on today and uh, trying to do this simultaneously. That may be just... Uh, a little too much for me to be able to uh, pull off, but um, let's see here. Bear with me for a second, and I'll see if I can uh, send it. Uh, uh, to myself that way. See if that works. Further right now, uh, President uh, Trump uh, is addressing um, the America First Policy Institute uh, at their two-day summit uh, in Washington, D.C. He has returned to Washington, D.C. He's not afraid to go into uh, the deep state. And uh, that is very, very significant. Uh, he's at the Marriott Marquis. He, I'm, he may be speaking now as the show's going on. I don't know. Um, I will uh, see. Um, hmm. Trying to figure out how I can send this hmm. and get their, this guest on. Uh, let's see if this uh, works. Hmm. Well, um, don't seem to be able to do that. Sorry about that. Anyway, what's really significant about that, and I know Monkey Works, Works covered this, uh, that there were um, aircraft leaving from uh, the 
DC area uh, that, oh, there he is. Okay. Uh, but um, uh, I had a separate intelligence that showed that uh, Pino Joe or the doubles or whatever had left the day before uh, and that the White House was vacant. So Monkey Words confirmed that. I confirmed that from some UMINT. He's confirmed that through SIGINT. But that's very significant in that um, what's important there is that they are afraid and panicking even in the deep state headquarters. They do not feel they hold that terrain. That is uh, very, very significant. Uh, and that's good news. Um, further, uh, the monkeypox uh, outbreak. So, uh, of course, this is the um, WHO, the World Health Organization, has declared a monkeypox outbreak. Of course, it's very rare. It's mainly for homosexuals through sodomy, sodomy uh, being uh, anal intercourse. And originally, the old definition was also oral uh, sex as well. But it particularly happens um, during uh, bodily fluids or face to face or intimate uh, contact, such as kissing, cuddling or uh, sex, uh, and uh, the cases uh, of that are very interesting because they are um, among infants and children. And so this is very, very telling uh, because this is from July 22nd. Health officials have confirmed the first two U.S. cases of monkeypox in children. The Centers of Disease Control and Prevention announced Friday likely the result of household transmission. Of course, that's not true at all. Um, one of the cases was somebody transiting through the Washington, D.C. area. Well, that means that's uh, an illegal. Uh, and uh, the other was what was with an infant. Uh, so this means that they are illegals uh, and that they are uh, pedophiles. Uh, they are baby rapers. And this is the new... Um, uh, Monkeypox uh, World Economic uh, Health Forum sponsored World Health Organization um, case. Uh, also, there's eight cases against uh, cisgender women as well. So uh, nobody else is going to get it. It's just uh, these few, uh, but these poor children are suffering because of this. And of course, they're not going to admit that because they are evil. So this is really World War IV. Uh, World War III was global war on terror. Um, this is a fifth-generation information influence operation, Great Reset, against a fourth-generation uh, resistance. Uh, uh, this is really um, uh, the faithful against the evil. Uh, but really, you can sum it up, and I have a new T-shirt I talked about last time calling it the uh, baby killers versus the baby protectors. And... Uh, Further, the Michigan News Channel uh, came out recently. Channel 3 published results to the Republican primary, uh, and a rhino named Tudor Dixon won, uh, and Trump hater Peter Measure won, except there's only one problem. The race is next week in August, but they already published the results, so they are corrupt and incompetent both uh, in Michigan. Uh, and while they are controlling the system, they are not controlling the people. That's why this is an insurgency. That's why they will lose. And that is uh, more good news. There's also a race in uh, Colorado where the, uh, the veteran lady was winning and all of a sudden it reversed completely. And so they are still manipulated. This is why I said there won't be any free, uh, fair elections. They do not intend to allow a revenge tour. You've got to work behind the scenes. 
uh, in counter-espionage and counter-sabotage. And that will be Paul's and Sicaria's um, uh, both. And what's really interesting about that uh, is that Sri Lanka was overthrown and it was violent. There were 30-some houses burned of government officials. But Sri Lanka's new president is Rani Wickram Singh. Rick Wickram Singh, I think. And he is a devoted member and agenda contributor of the World Economic Forum. And he's enforcing a QR code uh, to get gas or anything like that. But will he be able to maintain control is the question. So they've already overthrown the government. They've already gone violent uh, because there's no food. And now he's going to try and maintain control. This will be very interesting to see because the same thing is happening to Ukraine. Ukraine is defaulting uh, on the billions of dollars that the U.S. and European uh, Union and NATO have given them. And China, of course, is defaulting right now. Now, they do want to destroy the system to rebuild it. But will they will they survive the reset? That's the question. Uh, And nobody's plan goes according to plans. Plans are useless. Planning is invaluable. The situation uh, develops. Uh, But they are probably uh, overstepping their bounds. And that's probably a good uh, idea. Uh, is defaulting on billions in foreign debts, even though. Uh, tons of money have been sent, over $100 billion to prop up Ukraine. And, of course, Ukraine is losing that war uh, physically uh, and spiritually and uh, certainly financially uh, as well. So that's going to be very interesting. I just talked to one of my uh, advisors, and he thinks uh, things are going well. He agrees we are winning. I talked to uh, Wisconsin Team America. They now have three uh, representatives for decertification not enough, but they are working on it. The resistance is uh, building. So now I do see my guest on uh, in the uh, cyber green room there and um, really excited to uh, have him. Uh, this is uh, Pastor Arthur Pawalski, a Canadian pastor who was arrested and jailed for holding a church service during the um, Charlie 19 lockdown. He's a minister of Calgary State Church. He was harassed and arrested by Calvary police in the middle of the highway on May 9th, 2021. Um, He and his brother were charged with organizing an illegal in-person gathering as well as requesting inciting or inviting others. In October, a judge found the brothers in contempt of Alberta's May 6th health order. He imposed a draconian requirement on the pastor mandated he had to utter a government-approved statement saying that most medical experts support social distancing, face masks, and jabs. Uh, that case was flipped upside down on Friday when an appeals court ruled that Alberta's health agency order prohibiting illegal public gatherings was not sufficiently clear and unambiguous in connection to the Pawlowskis. The Pawlowskis' appeal are allowed, the findings of contempt and the sanction order are set aside. The fines that have been paid by them are to be reimbursed. The three-member panel proclaimed in a 16-page ruling. The court ordered the fines against the Pawlowskis, $23,000 against Arthur and $10,000 against David to be returned to them. Uh, And uh, it also overturned a cost of $15,733 and ruled Alberta Health Services must pay their legal costs. It's a slam dunk win. The Court of Appeals made a unanimous sound decision and overturned the fine of contempt made against my client, Pawlowski's attorney, Sarah Miller, tweeted. This is not the only time the pastor has been arrested and fined and jailed. He has repeatedly defied Alberta's pandemic restrictions and the police reportedly set out to make an example of him. Pastor was grilling steak for homeless people in Calgary in December 2020 when police 
accosted him. He was fined $1,200 uh, for that uh, incident. And uh, they have repeatedly uh, been mistreating him and arresting him. Uh, he suffered as a child under Polish communist rule, but thought he would never go through what he had to do, uh, endure in Poland. But now he has had to do that in Canada. He was jailed for weeks in February, reporting, reportedly spending 23 hours a day in solitary confinement at the Calgary Remand Center. Uh, and he was sent there for daring to speak to truckers about with the Freedom Convoy. And I had Nathaniel, his son, on the show when he was in prison. And he was in uh, prison like in a dog kennel. So it is a big, uh, my honor uh, to welcome uh, Pastor Arthur Pawlowski to the show. God bless you. And I'm so uh, happy for you. Welcome. I hope you can hear me and see me okay. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, it has been a quiet an ordeal. Um, but um, telling you the truth, I uh, started to lose hope in our justice system by watching what they have been doing for the past two years. But this decision by those three judges in the highest court, the court in this land uh, in Alberta, the appeal court uh, restores that a little bit in my heart. So it's the biggest so far victory against the COVID tyranny in Canada. And I uh, believe that this is just the beginning of their house of cards a house of lies and manipulation and propaganda um, for us that will start to fall apart. So I have been subjected to cruelty. This was my 16th arrest, over 100 court cases, over 300 um, tickets, 340 tickets to be precise, over 40 COVID tickets, and um, still facing multiple trials as we speak. But this decision... All of my troubles started with that decision of uh, Adam Germain, Rook, John Rook, and then David Gates, those three crooked judges in the province of Alberta. They subjected me to a Soviet-style um, persecution uh, against my fate, against our church. And this foundation finally has been broken. So I think all of the other things will be broken as well. Well, I am so happy for you, and I'm so impressed and honored to have you on. Uh, when I texted you, I said, you know, I'm a chaplain, and I was uh, talking about you in my Sunday sermon. Uh, and I think, you know, I called you, I think, when you were coming to Freedom and Health, and you were busy, uh, and we couldn't link up. Uh, but then I did have your son, uh, Nathan on, Nathaniel on. But uh, uh, what what did you have to go through in Poland uh, as a as a child, I guess, or can you back up to that story a little bit? Yeah, I grew up in Poland, a center of uh, Europe, um, between the Germany and, and Russia and then Czechoslovakia. So um, I grew up in a country that was subjected to the Nazism, fascism uh, during 1939 German invasion on Poland. So Polish people have suffered greatly uh, you know, during that time, I was uh, taken by the uh, by the Nazi Party, and of course, lawlessness, human rights, concentration camps, etc. The Second War, and then when the whole world was celebrating liberation, Poland was taken over by Soviets. So, for, uh, Soviets enslaved uh, Poland, implemented 
mandatory communism and socialism. So I grew up under that um, that system behind the Iron Curtain under the boots of the Soviets. So I saw firsthand the atrocities of, of that of that system. 50,000 communists were ruling over 36 million uh, Polish people with an iron hand where the police could arrest you for uh, no reason whatsoever. If you were caught with a pamphlet that was not approved by the Communist Party of of, of Poland, then you could be tortured, beaten, and sentenced to one year jail. If you were caught listening to European radio, you could be tortured, beaten, and sentenced to five years of imprisonment. If you were caught with one American dollar, you could go to prison for one year. And I remember this famous police saying, they would always say, give us a man and we will find something on that man. So total lawlessness. Even though we had the constitution, we had our um, human rights under the Constitution, just like United States of America. The communists don't care about your piece of paper. They don't care about human rights. They are villains. They are lawbreakers. They are tyrants. They are the wannabe pharaohs. And again, I got to remember what we are observing right now is the same thing. Communists, socialists do not believe in God. They are gods. And the rest of you, you are their slaves. In other words, what they're telling us is identical. You will own nothing and you will be happy. While at the same time, they will own everything. Like Bill Gates is has become the biggest landowner in the United States of America. Uh, so it's bizarre. The messaging is like straight from the communist book. We'll steal everything away from you. You will become our slaves. We will own everything. We will do whatever we want, but you will have no say. And I believe that's why the masks came. Because if you know, historically speaking, a mask always represented slavery. The mask was saying to everyone, you are, you have lost your identity. We don't care who you are. Uh, we don't care about your name. You're just a social insurance number. And also, we do not care what you have to say. We're muzzling you. You have no say whatsoever. And that's exactly what we are witnessing right now. Deplatforming, censorship, uh, government not willing to listen to real judges, real scientists, real biologists, real uh, biologists. Um, they are only uh, interested in forwarding their agenda, their propaganda. So I was caught between that. And being a pastor, of course, we're commanded to preach the truth. The Bible says the truth well set the captives free, who comes to me, Jesus says, is free indeed. So I started to preach about the truth. I started to uh, tell people what's really going on. And of course, about my experience growing up, seeing identical, identical thing behind the Iron Curtain. That's why I call Canada now China, and we're truly living behind the Iron Curtain. Um, I have been subjected to arrests. Uh, 40 COVID tickets. I have become the first Canadian to get a COVID ticket. Then we were arrested. Um, we kicked the Nazis out of our church when they invaded our church service during the Passover celebration, the Easter weekend, when I told them to get out. For that embarrassment, they came back with a vengeance. They found three crooked, wicked judges and they um, and they came uh, with the papers, and uh, of course, after that, we were arrested in the middle of the highway. Uh, spent days in prison on concrete. Faced the corrupt judge Adam Germain, and uh, he has found us guilty of uh, 
it's contempt of court times two. Um, sub, we were subjected to the compelled speech and uh, jail time and uh, big monetary punishment, 120 hours of community service and imprisonment of the uh, inside our province. We were not allowed to travel. So we appealed it. And thank God, Friday, the three judges, the real judges, found us innocent. And they said what was done to us was completely illegal. And uh, what the judge did was uh, against natural law. And um, when the judgment um, came to, um, you know, from those judges that we um, are to receive what's ours and to be set free. However, my ordeal does not end yet. I have been charged criminally as a first Canadian again in the history of our country for interfering with the crucial infrastructure under the Defense Act. It's like terrorism charge, and I'm facing criminal charges for giving that speech to the truck convoy in February of um, of 2022. Uh, so I'm still on house arrest, believe it or not. I'm still facing criminal charges and multiple trials, but this decision was the most crucial decision because that's the foundation of the tyranny against us, my brother David and this and our church. So I believe that everything will start crumpling, crumbling uh, from that decision. I think other uh, crown prosecutors will follow and um, and we will be finally vindicated uh, from this tyranny. So you're absolutely right. The, there's photos of uh, slaves uh, wearing masks. Um, and for the audience, you know, sometimes in America, they make jokes about polls and checks. The polls, polls and checks are actually a, a more advanced society than the Soviet Union was. They're also great loyal uh, patriots that fought the allies uh, as well, in case you don't know that. Um, but I did want to ask you, uh, when I had uh, Nathaniel on, I said that uh, I think that the trucker strike was so successful in Canada because that you did go and pray with them and bring uh, them to uh, the Christ Connection. And that made the difference that made it really work, uh, where they shut down and then um, Trudeau tried to seize the bank accounts and then the the bankers got scared and lifted it, even though he had gotten an order. I really saw uh, your faith in action there as a real pastor. Well, there are so many fake uh, pastors uh, going on. Uh, that's how I interpreted that. But I really wanted to hear what you had to say about that. Um, if you felt that was an important aspect for the truckers strike. Of course, we were mentioning my growing up. I grew up in the 70s and 80s in Poland, and I've seen firsthand the solidarity movement in Poland rising up. And there was uh, God was in the middle of that movement because communists and socialists, and that's what we're witnessing right now, they're godless, evil, wicked people. They do not believe in God. They are gods, uh, according to them. So the fight was God versus idols, if you will, God versus uh, sinful men. And the solidarity movement was so successful because God was in the middle. The cross was in the middle of that movement. And there were lots of priests that joined the movement and were giving people hope. And that's exactly what I decided to do. What did I do? I went and I conducted church services to the people 
that were willfully willing to listen to what I have to say. Um, uh, people, uh, Christians that were desperately looking for leadership and they were looking for hope. And that's exactly what I did. During my speeches, I always tell them, this is not a violent revolution. Do it peacefully. Do not uh, use guns and swords. This is not how you will win. This is Martin Luther King Jr. style. This is Mahatma Gandhi style. This is solidarity movement style with like Mawensa. Do not use violence, but pray. Hold the line, stay strong, protect your rights, stand for your rights, um, be in solidarity with each other, unite. When united we stand, they will fall apart. It's just a matter of when, not if. So that's what I did. And those speeches, believe it or not, they were be- they became uh, so powerful, so um, needed during the time that the government got scared. And instead of lifting uh, the mandates and, and just saying, hey, um, we don't believe in them ourselves because, as you know, the politicians were caught breaking the rules and regulations mandates themselves, like our premier, Jason Kenney, was caught partying with whiskey with his cabinet ministers just two days after I was arrested for having a church service, inciting people to come to the church and officiating an illegal gathering, according to them, and uh, and participating in illegal gathering. And yet those boys, those wannabe tyrants, they partied with the whiskey, no sort social distancing, uh, no uh, wearing masks, uh, no uh, uh, keeping their mandates themselves. They're hypocrites. They themselves do not believe in this tyranny. They're doing it because someone paid them uh, to do this to to Canadian citizens. So um, it's very important to stay united, us versus them. They're the villains. They are the communists of today. And then there's the rest of us. Uh, We are not in this together with them. So being there as a pastor, I believe, was the most powerful component to the uprising because it restored hope in those people's hearts. Uh, They were looking for anyone that would bring hope. And of course, God brings hope. So automatically, when I did church services and when we were singing, when we had Lord's Supper, when I gave my speeches, my sermons, uh, encouraged them and lifted their spirits up. And throughout of the track convoy, throughout of the rallies, God was coming in and out all the time. It was everywhere. People were crying. People were praying with each other. Uh, I was asked to uh, to conduct church services. And not just me. There were other uh, pastors, not many, unfortunately, but there were few like Hildebrand and, and Tobias Thiessen and others, uh, just a few um, uh, Rodney in Edmonton and Sean uh, from Radio. There were few pastors that um, uh, went to the rallies and and prayed for people and restored hope in God because this fight is truly a fight of evil versus versus good. Uh, we got to understand that that God is exposing evil and He's shaking the fence and the people have to make a choice. Either they will continue, you know, uh, serving the devil or they will join the winning army. They will join God. So uh, God was, I I think that was the most powerful component, if you will, in this uprising, God in the middle of the uh, peaceful, uh, peaceful uh, track convoy. You you were also, so very prescient in calling uh, the cops uh, Nazis very early on before most of us were aware of Ukrainian Nazis. Uh, you were very prophetic 
um, as I look as I look back at everything you, you're doing. So did, was that a um, discernment through the Holy Spirit, or was that from your experience? I mean, you were clearly prepared for this. Was there a personal revelation or a message that hey, I got to do this? Um, you know, because I'm really um, wanting to know where you, uh, you know, originated with deciding what you had to do. Yeah, three things. The first one, I grew up under the boots of the Soviets. I have seen this movie before. And unless uh, we change the script, um, the movie doesn't end well. So I grew up. I've seen it. I can smell. I can see. I can. Uh, I know what they are they're trying to do because I grew up under those boots. Also, I know history. I teach history. I don't only teach theology. I also teach history. So history is teaching us that those types of people um, are doing those types of things. Also, uh, was um, God spoke to me and he told me that I am about to see the greatest separation between the wolves and the sheep and the sheep and the goats uh, ever seen on this side of eternity. So I was prepared um, for something. Of course, I didn't know what is going to happen, but knowing history, growing up in Poland, um, in a country that was attacked by the Nazism and also communism, I was prepared, just like you said. I think for such a time as this, God brought me to Canada to be able to uh, to yell, if you will, from the rooftops of what is going on. This has nothing to do with health. This has nothing to do to protect us. This is the greatest elimination of the middle class ever seen on this side of eternity. And also this is a greatest takeover or enslavement, if you will, on a global scale. So those boys came together and they're just flipping the pages of how to become a tyrant and they're implementing this as they go. Now, knowing this, we got to unite, we got to push this away. And this great victory on Friday, I believe, is going to achieve that. I think it sends a message to the villains who are coming after you. Also, it sends a message to the freedom-loving um, uh, you know, parents, fathers and, and, and daughters, um, a message that is possible to prevail against the biggest guns in the country, against the biggest giants, Goliaths in the country. Because if God is for you, who can be against you? Greater is he that is in me than the one that is in them. So I think it restores hope. If a guy like me with a broken English can do it, that means you can do it as well. And that's hope. If one man can do it with God, that means I can do it as well. I can do it do this also. And I think that's the biggest message that I have to forward. And thanks to you and others like you, I am allowed to do that. Is like, it's okay to resist the tyrants and prevail. It's okay to say no to the evil and survive because God is bigger than all of them combined together. I am a walking, living testimony that you can fight with the biggest and the most powerful men on earth and still prevail. I fought with the premier. I fought with the crown prosecutors, with the judges, with the mayors, with the prime minister and his cabinet, and I'm still standing. I'm still standing strong and tall, sending a message to the whole world, Rise up, stand up, start roaring like never before. We were called to be lions, not pussycats. Go out there and chase those evil hyenas. 
I'm reading the comments on uh, Rumble, uh, always above, says the people saw God's glory in you, Pastor. Uh, Magdet77 says you give us inspiration. Uh, NM Condom, Russian Bolshevik commies made Nazis look like Boy Scouts. Uh, Raven6 Actual says Canadian Deputy PM Freeland is a good Nazi with her grandfather's legacy. Uh, you're, you're inspiring about 350 folks that are listening right now on and watching on uh, Rumble. So uh, I also, when I looked at the, the video of you and you seemed totally fearless um, the whole time. Uh, whenever, whenever they were around, you were, you were in authority, you know, that is given to us from above. Uh, whether you were being arrested in the streets or you were telling them to get out of your church or whatever, um, you always were very uh, confident and very authoritative. Uh, did that come from uh, from the Holy Spirit as well, or was that just your tone of voice, or why did you, you seem very consistent across that? Any comments on that? Yeah, I know who I am. You, you know, you can't change the stripes. I am the son of the living God. I am heir to the throne. Like, I mean, I am following the lion from the tribe of Judah. I know who I am. And who are those people? Who they think they are, those uncircumcised Philistines? I mean, seriously, who is Biden? I mean, Biden doesn't even know most of the time where he is. He thinks he's in China. I mean, who is Fauci, this Pinocchio, professional liar. Who is Obama or Clinton? Who is uh, Justin Trudeau Castro? Who is Jason Kenney? Like who those people think they are? Bill Gates and Schwab and all those psychopaths. Who they think they are? Like one day they're going to face my God, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. My confidence doesn't come from the government. My confidence doesn't come from my bank account or what I have. My confidence comes from God himself. And I already won. When I joined the winning army, I already won. The enemy just sometimes doesn't know it yet. We know how the story ends. Jesus is coming to judge the living and the dead. They will be judged for what they did, but we will be judged also for what we did or what we didn't do, but we're supposed to do. So I know who my God is. My God is Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. He's the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He is life itself. He is the most powerful. Besides him, there's no one else. I know my father. And if my father is for me, who can be against me? And I know who I am. I think those are the two most important things. Do you know who your God is? Majority of the clergymen do not know who God is. Their God is Fauci. Their God is Obama. Their God is Biden. Their God is the local government. That's not my God. I have a God. And there's only one God. Also, they don't know who they are. They think they're slaves. That's why they act like slaves. I'm not a slave. That's why I refuse to wear that muzzle. I'm not your slave. Who do you think you are? When I was in courts, I refused to wear it. When And, the, and I remember the authorities would say, oh, we're going to charge you even more. We're going to pile up charges. I said, be my guest. Okay, do it. Bring everything, the whole book. Throw the whole book at me. But my God is still bigger than all of you combined together. And he will vindicate me one day. One day you will face the judge that doesn't take any bribes. And you will be found guilty for what you have done to me. But I shall not bow before the golden muzzle. I will not do it. So it was very interesting in prison. I refused to wear a muzzle. I didn't. And they tried to scare me. They tried to you know, put me in metal boxes, strip naked, a solitary confinement. 
okay, fine, I'll suffer. I suffered for Jesus and Jesus will reward me for my suffering. But I will refuse to bow before the golden image of Nebuchadnezzar's of today. So uh, my strength, I mean, besides, you know, my wife, my wife is a strong believer. We are partners in this. We're doing this together. She's my inspiration. She always keeps me aligned, uh, you know, when I want to go to the left or to the right. Um, but my strength comes from the scripture. I know the Bible. You know, other people like me, they faced very similar circumstances and some were murdered, chopped into pieces. Some suffered greatly to stand for the truth. Shadrach, Michigan, Abednego end up in the fire. Daniel end up in the lion's den. Uh, Esther had to go against the law. Mordecai refused to bow before the Haman. Apostles were crucified upside down and, and thrown into the lion. Alliance as well to be devoured. I mean, we know the story. I've read the Bible multiple times. And if they did it, that means I can do it as well. Great is your reward, the Bible says, when all those different things happen to you. So that's why I did what I did. And I believe that every shepherd, a real shepherd, not a hired gun, not a person that this is just a career for him, is just a job. This is not a job. This is a calling. This is a lifestyle. This is a passion. Being a pastor is not a job. It's everything or nothing, life or death, truth or lie, light or darkness. This is not the game. This is not a job. But because they were hired guns, when the wolves showed up, they were more than happy to give up all those sheep into the mouths of those wolves. But what I did, I did what every pastor, every man, every woman was supposed to do, kick those devils out of the church. I took the stick and I scourged them. I kicked them out. Well, you, I love it. Amen. I'm so um, honored and excited to hear your faith and your execution of your face, faith, but there's so few that do that. You know, I've just this week, I talked to, uh, uh, I, as a chaplain, I've worked with lots of pastors and so many of them have gone along with this and said, well, I don't want to talk about politics in church. Well, Yeshua was um, executed for political speech and I don't want to, we don't want to do anything. Well, there was there, he overturns the, the tables and uses a scourge and says, go buy swords. So um, <clears throat> I have been very disappointed in many uh, pastors uh, just, uh, talk the talk. Have you experienced that too? Are you uh, disappointed in a majority? I, I just don't think they're for real. I just think that they are uh, playing a game. What What is your feeling on so many that oh, haven't I, done I, anything? They've just gone off. A hundred percent. They're Pharisees and Sadducees of today. They don't, they don't truly believe in the Bible. Again, they were brainwashed in their uh, colleges, in the Bible schools, Um I call those uh, places faith killers. Uh, they are not seminaries. They are cementaries. They are killers of faith. So those people came and it's a career for them. It's a job. <coughs> they get their salary. And of course, when the enemy shows up, they were not willing to lose their incentives. They were not uh, willing to lose their silver coin. So therefore, they betrayed Jesus and faith and the Bible and God. Uh, in a name of convenience. And, and that's the problem. It's nothing new. Throughout the generations, we see the same thing. Uh, you know, Jesus faced them. Apostles faced them. Prophets of old faced them. 
uh, narrow is the gate, narrow is the road. Uh, not many will find it. And, and we are seeing this a little bit more in front of our eyes, but this has been going on throughout, uh, through from the very beginning. Now you know, because they were ex exposed to who they are. They're hired guns. And of course, a hired man is not willing to lay down his life for a job. Jesus laid down, uh, laid down his life for his sheep. His sheep know his, uh, know, they know his voice. And when you're a real shepherd, you're willing to die for your sheep. If you're a fake shepherd, if you're just a hired gun, uh, you will cooperate with wolves, of course, because you want to survive, you want to keep your job, you want to keep your stakes coming. Um, you love your job because it's easy and, um, and, and you're not willing to lay down your life. And it's clear right now. And I, you know what's the most bizarre thing? I don't understand those so-called Christians. Why would you attend a place of worship, so-called, with a pastor or a priest or a rabbi that betrayed you and gave up you, gave you into the mouth of the of, of, of the wolves and the hyenas? And now, because restrictions are lifted, now you're going to go back to the very people that they have give you into the Holocaust? I mean, it's bizarre. It's unbelievable. I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, it's, it's just such a bizarre thing. Oh, you know, Judas Iscariots are going to keep betraying you. Uh, depends of the amount of the silver. And I don't see repentance from those pastors because if you betray Jesus, you have to act like Peter, start crying and change your behavior. Uh, but I don't see that yet. So they're going to die if they will not repent, and they're going to end up in a lake of fire. I mean, that's their destiny. They're fake. They're lying, deceiving, manipulating people for a personal gain. It's just a career for them. And God, God is going to raise a new breed of clergymen. And I call them nameless, faceless nobodies in the eyes of men, but they're somebodies in the eyes of God. God is raising up a new breed of lions, and we see them, lionesses as well. And it's exciting. I see people popping up left and right, and I would say, who are you? Like, wow, I, I've never seen you. Like, this is incredible. The amount of faith, and I see it in our church. Like, where did you come from? Wow, this is incredible. Anointing, revelation, wisdom, the power of the Holy Spirit, healings. We baptize people every week. I mean, this is a new breed. This is a new church that is emerging out of the ashes of the establishment, if you will. Wow, yeah, I agree with that uh, totally, because the old establishments, whether it's Catholicism or Protestantism, uh, you know, very decrepit. Um, so you did say at the beginning that you were starting to lose hope, but uh, that was just in the, I guess, was that just in the court case? Because it sounds like you have always been consistently faith-filled um, and spirit-filled that you were never uh, worried personally just about winning the winning the case. Is, is that what you meant well, by that? Or? My faith has not um, has not moved. Actually, I'm all I am more on fire now because of this persecution than ever before. Uh, I started to lose hope in people in power. 
judges, politicians, mainstream personalities, media. You know, I lo- I started to lose hope in them. Uh, they are so corrupted, so wicked, evil, that I said nothing good can come out of that system anymore. And this decision is restoring at least a little bit of hope in my heart that not all is lost, that there's still some good people in the places of authority. That's what I mean by this, that there are still some good reporters, good police officers, a good firemen, good uh, reporters, good politicians and good judges. Um, not many, but this decision is showing me there are still some good people there. Not all is lost. And um, and I just pray that more and more of those types of people uh, will come, come uh, uh, you know, into the open. If it comes to my personal faith or faith in me, in God, uh, I mean, um, is a, is stronger than ever um, because it just proves to me that everything I've read in the Bible is true. Those things will happen to those that love him. If you want to live a godly life, well, you will be persecuted. You will be hunted down. Well, it just proves the case that everything I've read in the Bible is the truth. I think that was uh, also what happened with Roe versus Wade being overturned in the Supreme Court is uh, some of the new judges that were faithful uh, when they were being mocked and uh, their families derided and put through all that, that didn't weaken their faith. I think it made it stronger, uh, which is, you know, what, of course, happened with uh, Yeshua, the Messiah, is the Romans think, OK, it's another crucifixion. We'll wrap this up and nothing is over um, at all. Uh, and I was really honored to be able to uh, put that out on Brighton TV. I was the one who got to announce that in the middle of the show. And I felt that was really important. Do you do you agree that um, that's really where our faith strengthens and uh, is tempered uh, in trial and tribulation? Of course, like I said, Shadrach, Mishkan, and Abednego, when they refused to bow before the uh, you know uh, golden image, um, the first thing that happened to them, they were thrown into the fire. But in the fire, God dealt with their enemies. In the fire, Jesus shows up to set them free and have a, a conversation with them. In the fire, they have a testimony. And in the fire, they were elevated. So if you want to be elevated in the kingdom of God, you must go through the fire. There's no other way. That's where God purifies us. That's where he shows up to to talk to us. That's where he deals with our enemies. And that's where we will be elevated when, if we pass the test. Uh, When I've heard about decision, it's very interesting and dear to my heart and my wife because we were born. In 1973. And if you know anything about uh, the importance of the numbers, that was the time where the enemy wanted to wipe out the deliverers. And the devil always uses the same thing. He wants to wipe out the, the children. So because the children are the future pastors, the future doctors, biologists, biologists, you know, good people that will invent something good for for men. And uh, he wants to wipe them out because that's what God loves. God loves people. Devil hates people. Therefore, to hurt God, he wants to destroy people. And, and, and that's why I believe that in 1973, he wanted to wipe out the deliverers, the future deliverers and those that will forward the kingdom of God globally. And he wanted to destroy them, murder them. But uh, he did not succeed. Eventually, 
we had to wait a little bit, but the law was overturned, and I think that well, many people will there? do it. Uh, There you are. You back? There we go. You froze okay, up there so, for a second. Please. So I, I think this decision um, it restores again hope, and it's a right decision. And I think this is just the beginning of what God has intent in, in you know what He wants to do in our countries. Um, but I, I truly believe this is just the beginning of something beautiful, something amazing. So I'm looking forward to what God is about to do. In the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the devil is doing. When was the last time you actually paid attention to a dust under your feet? The Bible says the devil is like the dust under our feet. We don't really care. We don't really look at under our feet. Uh, so don't give any attention to the devil or very limited attention, but look what God is doing. God is exposing, purifying, rebuilding. Uh, he is um, on a move. He uh, is going to give us the biggest revival ever seen on this side of eternity. I believe we are about to witness the last harvest, which is going to be incredible. Do you see signs of revelations occurring now? Of course, in front of our eyes. We are living in the last days. We know Jesus is coming back to judge the living and the dead. We don't know when, but we know everything is unfolding. Everything is coming together um just like he said it's going to so that should make all of us excited about what we are about to see because jesus is coming back and with him is his lord whoops he froze up again so were you did you did your ministry increase i would imagine uh every time you're arrested in in prison was there were you uh, ministering more and uh, delivering sacraments and uh, maybe even baptizing? Was that a special time? Because I would imagine that's you know where there there are many hopeless and um, uh, was that a special time for you? Were people relying on you even more? Yeah, our church uh, you know increased seven eight times. Um, we baptize people almost every week. Um, we pray for people. We have healings of cancer and all kinds of other sicknesses on a regular basis. Um, so I have uh, become a Canadian, Canadian, uh, Canada's pastor, they call me. I was uh, invited to uh, rallies with 15,000, 20,000 people and I was able to speak uh, to countless millions upon millions of people. So God used this persecution and he has given me a bigger pulpit. So instead, again, instead of running, shying away from persecution, I think persecution is giving us the greatest opportunities that we would ever dream of. The harder the hammer is, the deeper the nail called Christianity goes in. And someone said to me, I think, this morning or yesterday, the Christianity of Christians are like a jello. When you hammer them, it spreads even further. Um, so that's exactly what they did. They just gave me a bigger, greater opportunity to preach the truth. In other words, I have been given by the grace of God a, a bigger pulpit, if you will. Have you have other pastors or more big church, you know, what I call from the Didache, uh, Christmongers, 
have any of them contacted you since your win? Um, my friends, my circle, and American pastors, yes. Canadian pastors, 99.999% are completely quiet, uh, pretending that this is not even happening because they love the idea of me being presented as a lawbreaker, troublemaker, uh, just overall a, a man that doesn't uh, obey Romans 13. So for them, it was a very convenient way to look at it. You see, this guy is just an evil man. He's not following the orders. Now, when I have been vindicated, they will have to say uh, to their own conscience that I was right and they were wrong, and that's unacceptable for them. So they prefer to just ignore it. But um, I will have to go. Uh, thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, is there a website you want to put out for uh, uh, fund donations for your for your next trial? Yes, um, I would really appreciate if people can uh, can help us. I mean, we are still feeding thousands of people on the streets of Calgary, which is you know enormous task. And our finances kind of uh, went down um, a little bit because I'm so busy uh, doing uh, doing shows and talking to the media and, and just trying to bring uh, this awareness. So um, I really appreciate this opportunity. If you would like to chip in, that would be great. www.streetchurch.ca, streetchurch.ca, and there is a donate over there, or you can send us an email e-transfer art at streetchurch.ca and thank you so much for everything and and um god bless you oh god bless you and thank you so much it's a great honor to have you pastor wish you all the best and that's mm -hmm. www.streetchurch.ca god bless thank you so much thank you god bless you well that was awesome i was personally really moved by that so impressive wow um, so, um, well, I stayed on uh, Yankee Tango the whole time. Checking out real quick here to see uh, live chats. Uh, nothing new there. Um, not seeing a lot. Uh, so, uh, I think that's a, a perfect example of um, how we should conduct ourselves uh, in uh, the Christ connection. Yeshua is the Messiah and receive the Holy Spirit and be convicted. Uh, and even get stronger uh, all the time with what we are uh, told to uh, do. And um, I hope you are um, familiar with uh, Pastor Arthur's. I didn't even get to the Pawlowski and Pauline, a lot of uh, similarities uh, there. But again, that's why we will win in the end. All you got to do, you know, is look at the history of uh, the Christ and see it uh, took about 300 years, uh, and it was, and we're making much, much quicker progress uh, than that. So, um, hope that made a, a lot of sense. That was personally very, um, very moving for me to uh, hear, and I just uh, loved hearing his uh, point of view. Very authoritative, fearless, faithful, and. Um, and not um, giving up at all. So remember, a secret told isn't. No communications are secure. All security is breachable. All codes are hackable. Concealment is not cover. All cover is temporary. Use a one-time pad one time. 
Looking is not seeing. Hearing is not listening. Moving is not action. Knowledge is not wisdom. Perseverance beats trust. Power is not force. Hope is not a plan. Plans are useless. Planning is invaluable. Training is essential. The most committed wins, so commit yourself to God. Freedom is never given. It is earned. It is fought for. It is won. It is taken. So take it.